is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Justin Truce and Dan Kiefer coming back to you again right before the draft. Unfortunately, Austin was not able to make this one work. His schedule is just crazy right now with mic'd up and everything. But I promise you all, he will be back very, very shortly. We miss him. So let's just dive into this. It's, I mean, I'm going to get this out day before draft day. I mean, because it is day before draft day. But I'm going to get this out today before tomorrow. So it's crazy out there. It's it's the wild, wild west. Every, there's, there's news breaking. There's leaks. There's lying. There's fires i don't know man it's everything around here but um there are some crazy stories coming about out about this whole top not even top 10 but especially the top five yeah it's crazy and you know when it came out the cultural phenomenon that was the kevin costner masterpiece draft day little did we ever think we would live in a world with that kind of chaos and mystery at the top of the draft so trees two parts one this week thus far, how many times have you watched draft day? And two, do you have any confidence whatsoever right now in like the top five picks? Because it is truly, as you said, madness in the wild, wild west right now. Oh, okay. So one, I've not watched draft day this year yet. Um, honestly, I'll probably watch it tonight. Um, last year, I watched it a ton. You have um, to. You have to. You really do have to. The problem is, and no free ads, but I'm going to say it, like HBO is on fire right now with shows. Like they have like, they have so many good shows out right now that I'm trying to keep up with all of them um, that I just haven't had time to watch draft day. But again, I'll probably try to get, get it on today. And then two, do I have confidence in top five picks? Shit, I don't have confidence in pick number one. <laughs> how, how on earth could I have five? <laughs> right. And like you said, it is Wednesday morning as we're sitting down here. And every, it seems like what, hour, every four hours, we're seeing little tiny shifts in the Vegas lines. And in my experience, I think we talked about this last episode, but right now you're Adam Schefter's, your, you know, Ian Rappaport's, all these big Twitter NFL analysts, news breaking guys, they get their news from agents, right? And agents feed them what they want out there. They want buzz around their top prospects, around their guys that trying to get them from a late two to an early one, get that fifth year money. But I put more faith in Vegas because Vegas doesn't lie. (laughs) As silly as it sounds, yes, Vegas is there to make money. But I've found historically there are more patterns with Vegas being correct than there are the latest tweet on Twitter. For instance, do you remember a couple of years ago, the Baker Mayfield year where it was Sam Darnold, or I can't remember who else was going to be one one And then all of a sudden the morning of the draft, Vegas switches Baker Mayfield to the betting favorite. And then all of a sudden, all throughout the day, all you heard were the stories of Baker coming in and saying, you know, doing the hoo or whatever he did when he visited Cleveland saying, I'm the guy to turn this around. I'm the guy. Fast forward, maybe not so much, but hey, at the time to get that draft pick right, Vegas had it right. They did. They absolutely did, which is why you have to be favoring Trayvon Walker right now as he swapped to minus 225 yesterday. So on Tuesday, he swapped to minus 225. Um, Aiden Hutchinson had always been about 180, minus 180. He's now is at plus 250. So Going off of Vegas, going off of, you know, all that, you have to do that. Um, but I will say, Iki, Iki's sneaking up there. I mean, it's... What's he I at, mean, odd-wise? He, plus 450. 
He was Ooh. plus tw- he was plus twelve hundred over the weekend. So in the last okay. four days, he's gone from plus twelve hundred to plus four fifty. Like I honestly would not be shocked by midday tomorrow if Hutchinson and Iki were probably tied at like plus three hundred. I was gonna say so right now, if we were doing some hedging, I would probably be between Walker and Iki. Like, I probably wouldn't bet on Hutchinson right now. Agreed. So, 1, I mean, it, so if anybody's playing that game, I know like it's so easy to get caught in the excitement of your own team and what they could get, who could fall, who they could jump up for. But from a betting world, because every now and then this is a betting podcast, <laughs> if you're going to bet on 101, I think right now the money is Walker and then supplement with some icky to cover you. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on to number two. So, number two, we have the Lions. I mean, I Malik think this is well. Is oh, it, Malik Willis actually is not that high, is what I was going to say. Like everybody always, there's tons of people mocking him, but he's still plus two, two thousand five hundred, right? Like that. That's fifth in odds. I mean, dude, Sauce Gardner is higher than him in odds, and then obviously Walker, but he's most likely going to be gone. And then you have Thibs, and you have Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson, the clear favorite, and minus three hundred. Right. So I think that this is a like a pendulum swing, if you will, from nobody thought Hutchinson was going to be there at 102. So the odds, you know, manipulated that. And now all of a sudden that's looking like more reality, like we said, as it, 101 becomes more of a Walker Iquanu situation. I think Hutchinson's probably the slam dunk at number two right now from and it's not because he's from Michigan. It's like that's a bonus at the end. I think it's because this is a guy who, you know, as a personality and as a player on the field can change a franchise. And that's what Detroit needs. It just so happens, yeah, he's from Michigan and that doesn't hurt chances either. So I think Hutchinson's probably the picket too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the one I feel most confident about right now um, in the top five. Yeah. I think I, I, I hate to say this, but I do think that the Malik Willis at two dream is probably dead. Agreed. Probably. Most likely. Most <laughs> likely. Okay. Number three, we get to Houston. No idea. I will like, say dude, this. It's... I think assuming, assuming uh, they, the Jags go Walker. I think this is icky. You I'm do. not. I'm not buying the Derek Stingo stuff. And I could be totally wrong on this. I just have a hard time believing that the Houston Texans, given they do have two first round picks, they might feel like they can get something later on that they need, but they know that they know the offensive tackle run is going to happen and happen early. Like all of the top tackles, I think are going to be gone by like pick nine, like nine or 10. Um, And they pick it what 13 again. So like, they're going to miss out on that if they go Stingley. Like there's a there's a much better shot that Stingley's there at 13 than a often like even Charles Cross at this point. Right. And you know, this is a deep edge class. It's a fairly deep corner class. So, like you said, the offensive tackles could all be gone in the top 10. In fact, they probably will be all gone in the top 10. So with those two picks, grab your tackle now, and then it's a little bit of a see who falls. I also think the Texans, this is a great spot to trade back. If, you know, maybe the Jets or the Giants or whoever want to come up and get 
their guy. We've seen the, you know, their guy situation happen before where, yeah, we think there's, you know, three or four top tackles in this class, but a team might look at it and say, really, there's only one guy that we want at this much of a luxury. And since this is a little bit of a weaker class, this is going to be a year where you see the cost not be quite as high to move up in the draft. So this could definitely be a a trade down situation for Houston, who quite frankly, just needs to get as many decent to good players in their locker room as possible. Exactly. And the rumor is Icky is that guy, right? Like Iquanu, like everybody is saying, like as much as everybody loves Evan Neal, like everybody is saying like, Iquanu is the guy of this class, like right now. Like that's kind of the rumor right now. If you're talking offensive tackles, um, that it's like this is the dude that's probably all pro. The problem is a lot of these teams, like, kind of in a way, have some of their tackles set. So, like, are you taking in the top three pick like a guy that's going to play guard for a year or two? Right. Like, that's 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 interesting, right? Like, usually you're like no way in hell, but in this draft, you're kind of like shit. Like he's the I'd rather, that's like, would dominant. You, you know, would you rather have a guy that you perceive as a risk or a guy that you know is going to be good? Yeah. You know, so it's, it, it's a confidence thing, really. And I think the craziest thing is, like you said, you know, hey, for uh, picks one and two, we have a negative favorite. You know, uh, we have uh, Walker at negative 225 at one and at two. We have Hutchinson right now at negative 300. When you get to pick three, the favorite is currently Stingley on my board. And he's at plus 200. So you have one, two, three, four, five players between plus 200 and plus 450. That's still generally close being a day out. And those players, just for reference, are Stingley, Iquanu, Gardner, Walker, if he falls, and then Thibodeau. Those guys are all under between, they're all between plus 200 and 450, which is a close cluster for five players this close to the draft. So that kind of makes me feel like there's probably a trade on the horizon. Uh, it does. So it's more of a, who do you think? So I don't think Houston would go Stingley in this slot, but someone might go Stingley in this slot. That's why you don't bet on teams. You bet on the pick. So yes. it's, it's tough. It is tough. It is tough. Um, and I haven't even told you this yet, but <gasps> I'm kind of like a little bit more falling in love with Bibbs. Like, oh? as like, as like, as like the best D end here. As he's not in the Pac-12 anymore. Now he's kind of okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, can, like, I can like you now. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, it's just weird. Cause like, obviously like this week, especially, and I've been like, you know, I've been paying attention to the offensive tackles and these D ends, like obviously forever, because I knew that's who the Jags were taking were one of those two. But like this week, I've been even watching it even more again, just to like start watching it. And, um, yeah, and Thibs is just man. He just flashes on certain things that I'm like, oh yeah. I think I don't is. think you would get an argument that Kayvon Thibodeau is the most talented, highly highest ceiling edge. At least you want from me. I would not have that argument. I think on the field, talent wise, Thibodeau is by far and away the top player at edge. What worries me is the when you look at the intangibles and get the off field, you know, interview wise, he has not made it a secret that he doesn't, you know, that he's going to be the way he is. He is going to be an absolute magnet post game for interviewers that want a headline. Like, yeah, that could potentially be a great thing or it could be a problem. Whereas you get Aiden Hutchinson, who is going to be more of your 
Peyton Manning type that, you know, hey, we're going to work hard, we're going to play hard, and when other teams are sleeping, we're going to be studying. You know, he's your textbook. That's what coaches, that's what GMs, that's what owners want to hear is that, you know, good boy mentality, that, you know, blue-collar, hardworking guy. So, like, off the field versus on the field. But if you're talking just tape, yeah, man, I think Thibodeau is by far and away the best player. Yeah, yeah, agreed there. Um, okay. We, we said we weren't going to go down the, the list, but we're kind of just going down the list at this point. Um, yeah. So number four, this is where it starts to get interesting, right? This is where we start getting into the New York teams. Um, yep. And where where does does where do the Jets go? Like, that is the main question. Jermaine Johnson's getting a ton of buzz now. Thibodeau, in all reality, is still going to be there. Yeah, and I think this is the first pick that – really is impacted by who goes before outside of the Detroit, obviously, because if we see a run on edge players, I wouldn't be shocked if the jets stayed put and grabbed Johnson, you know, if the first three players off the board are Walker Hutchinson, and then somebody comes up to get Thibs or, you know, Thibodeau or Houston just stays pat and takes Thibodeau all of a sudden the jets can't wait till their second pick to grab an edge player. So they might panic and grab a Jermaine Johnson and then play the math game and get whatever tackle falls to them. So I think this is a this is the first really big of uh, we'll see how things break. I like where the Jets are personally. I think if I was a Jets fan, I'd be very happy picking at four. I would too. I really would because there's going to be some great guys, and especially when you have that luxury at ten again, like you were just saying, like that really like gives you so much flexibility there. One thing that I have been noticing though is. And we kind of talked about this last episode, and we said we wouldn't talk about wide receivers, but here we are. Garrett Wilson is by far the favorite on like all these picks to as the number one wide receiver to be taken. I and given it's like even at like four or five, right? Like plus well, three thousand, right? And then like but, London's so, four. So let's let's play the game because I think the first spot that everybody's tagged as a quote unquote wide receiver spot is eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, they traded away Julio two years ago. Now they lost <laughs> Ridley, Ridley, for, Ridley a year. Uh, for a year. And right now, oh, Zacadamius, however, I can't say the name. I'm sorry. But you guys all know who I'm talking about. He's 5'9", and he's their number one wide receiver right now. So the need for wide receiver in Atlanta is great. And if you look at this, Patrice, the top three players right now, odds-wise for Atlanta, are wide receivers. Like you said, Garrett Wilson at plus 300, Jamison Williams at plus 350, and then Drake London at plus 400. So that's three names all separated by 100 bucks, which tells me that's a wide receiver slot, and we don't know who. Exactly. Sorry, I had to yawn there. It's still early for me. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're all very similar. I'm going to stick to what I said last time. I still believe – Jameis Williams is the best. I still, still think Garrett Wilson is number two, but I do believe Garrett Wilson probably fits what they want from an offense better than Williams does. So I actually do see this being Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I think I think that Wilson's a favorite for a reason, even though he's a small favorite. Um, it kind of just depends how they want to build out their room, right? You know, do they want a more physically imposing larger receiver then maybe it's the drake london situation if they're looking for the best long-term wide receiver it's probably jameson williams if it fits what they want impact right now that fits you know what they currently have then yeah i think it's garrett wilson 
So we have three avenues that all make sense that are all possible. So I think I'm probably just staying away from betting on eight uh, personally, because I think there's just too much mystery there. Uh, What I want to talk to you about is we talk about, you know, right now, let's just talk about first player picked. Okay. So right now, quarterback wise, right now we've heard all week or all year, this is a booty quarterback class. Okay. But Malik Willis kind of rose up as, Hey, you know what, if you're going to bet on somebody, there's a super high tools guy in Malik Willis, you know, he's fast. He's got a rocket arm, et cetera, but he's raw. Kenny Pickett's the the favorite to go to be the first quarterback off the board at negative 175 Malik Willis is plus 190. So that's about a $375 difference. That's pretty big for me. And I'm curious where you think that could be. And if you like Kenny Pick in that situation, or if you would take, if you think Malik Willis is going to go to Carolina, to Pittsburgh, wherever he goes, be the first quarterback off the board, that's some free money right now at plus 190. It really is. I mean, plus 190 is kind of, kind of sitting nice, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. I, I really don't. In fact, I think I think that's what I'm gonna take. Let me just make a note of that real quick. <laughs> Let me jot just jot that down real quick. I mean, I just have such a hard time believing that we're gonna have more than one quarterback in round one. Like I just do. See, and I wish we could cut it. Like I don't see how more than one quarterback goes top twenty, or should it? That's fair. Let, that's let's fair. say that there are situations out there where it could happen. Teams get nervous. They get trigger happy. And if the cost to move up really isn't that much, then sure, go up and get your guy. But, man, anything can happen from 20 to 32. We've seen it before. Shit, Green Bay traded up into the 20s and took Jordan Love, people. Let's not forget. So you never know. You know, you got teams like Tennessee who could be looking to make a financial move from Tannehill after this year. There's, There's always a situation where a quarterback could go, not necessarily that they should, but they always could yes yes yep absolutely um and speaking from that 20 to 32 and again sorry everybody i know we talked about wide receivers a ton last episode um i am now starting to believe that it is going to be over the six and a half wide receivers i know last week last episode break yeah probably just under the six and a half um i'm starting to believe it's over do we do do we play the game again well yeah there's so let me let me start off with saying why there were rumors right now that the Jags really like Sky more. Oh, it, oh, that's a that inter- came, okay, interesting, right? And so that's an interesting like, fit. Yeah, it's interesting, and they're like thirty three, you know. So now it's like, if anybody else wants him or anything, you better be moving into the first round. Deep down, I think this is a game. I actually think this is a lie because I still believe that they want Quay Walker at thirty three or they want a linebacker at 33 and they're just trying to get anybody that wants a wide receiver early in round two to have to jump up into, you know, jump up into the late first. So those linebackers keep falling. That's what I believe. I don't believe that they want sky more. So I like, I like this game because as that news came out, that would hypothetically get teams to go up for a wide receiver. The rumor also came out of the green Bay Packers, a team that has two picks in the twenties, might wait until day two to take a wide receiver. 
Walker. Now, me personally, as I told you pre-recording, living in Cheesehead Land, if that happens, I am I am deleting Facebook. I am not doing that. Okay, I'll stay on Twitter with the with the you know the NFL Draft Twitter fam. I'll rock out with you. But the local folks right here, I don't want to know. I I don't want to see any burning jerseys of any kind. But yeah, I think it's an interesting game because if Green Bay wants receivers to drop versus Jacksonville going up to get receivers, you know, it's just a game, not that they're playing against each other, but this is, this is what we play when we're going into night one. I could see them doing that. So teams are like, Oh, we don't need to trade up. And then green Bay could maybe grab a guy like a trail on Burks or Hey, maybe if an Olave falls or somebody like that or shit, maybe even a sky more, even though he doesn't fit green Bay's prototype as a, you know, you got to be six, five to play wide receiver here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I dude, it's going to be chaotic. It's all I can really get to. It's like, going to be, I think, I think it's, it's going to be, be wild, crazy. man. The I, final, the, yeah, those final like eight picks, I think are just going to be like, they're going to be electric for it. Like draft fans of like just sitting there like, seeing who picks who, who trades up, who trades down. Like, cause I, tell you what, I mean, I, go ahead. I, I, I'm just, I was scrolling through the odds and there's a couple of really fun ones, but if you want some free money, there's a very low basement. Like there's a lot of risk if this doesn't happen, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. First special teams player picked odds. Punt God, Matt Aracia is at negative 400. Yeah. I would smash that so hard. Like that's going to be a, hard. that's going to be a throw a hundred on that as a free, you know, money coming back, then use that money to make one of those, maybe play that wide receiver roulette game if you want to feel alive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, <gasps> yeah. Oh, breaking. You, you can finish. And I have some breaking news. Sorry. You just cut out there. What? I said, I said, you can finish your thought on punt God. And then, and then I have some, I have a line moved just now. Okay. Um, I mean, my take was just like that's free money and it's going to happen. Like the he, for anybody that doesn't know who that is, this is a San Diego State kicker. Punter. So yeah, he's he's an absolute force. Okay, so what just changed? Uh, so I am. I always use the Vegas Insider uh, for my odds. I know you said you're on DraftKings, and uh, this is why you need to check multiple sites depending like what site you bet with or who you bet with. Uh, wide receiver line has moved and it just became to smash like. I just took a photo and sent a text. The line is five and a half at five and a half wide receivers. I'm smashing all day. No problem. Take it. That's easy. money, Done. folks. Done. Five and like a half, five and a half wide receivers. We're at uh, just to run through these. If there's any other ones that you like, let's talk about it. Defensive players are 15 and a half offensive players is 16 and a half. I don't like playing that game. Uh, but quarterbacks is two and a half. I'd take the under running backs is at a half receivers at five and a half tight ends at a half offensive line at seven and a half corners at four and a half safeties at one and a half. And then we get into uh, players by conference. So just there, I like, and I ran through that kind of fast, but I like quarterbacks at under two and a half. Yep. I like, I'm not touching running backs at a half because that's um, a breeze hall bet. And that kind of scares me. Not doing that. Yep. Smashing uh, wide receivers. Yep. Wide receivers at five and a half. I'm smashing. I'm uh, smashing taking the tight over end on under. that. I'm taking the so, under on tight end. I'm smashing that. There's not a you tight don't, end in the first round. You don't think that like maybe Tampa Bay gets cute? Nope. Okay. 
And then offensive lineman at seven and a half, I think is a very interesting conversation because there's four tackles for sure. Right. Easily, easily four tackles. So, okay. So we're up to four and then interior wise, what are we thinking? Uh, I would say there's probably two or three that are taken interior. Yeah. I think Kenyon green is a, I think a shoe in to go somewhere around one. And then Zion Johnson, I think is in. So and that then, gets us up to six. And I think your swing player is Tyler Linderbaum. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yep. So exactly. this is a Tyler, it's a Tyler Linderbaum bet folks. Yep. If you yep. think either uh, Tyler Linderbaum or that, uh, that kid from Tulsa, I can't remember his name, Tyler Smith. If uh, Tyler Smith, Smith from Tulsa sneaks in, that's a fun bet too. Yeah. God, God I love gambling. God, if gambling is just electric, it feels so good. Um, so I, I mean, I've tweeted about this, like, well, some of the things. So moved into our new house. Um, a new neighbor just moved in recently. Um, you know, I'm out there, you know, all the kids are playing, you know, our neighborhood's super, everybody's like, who gives a shit, but I'm just tell the story. Everybody just wait. Okay. There's a story that's going to happen. So we have tons of kids in our neighborhood. It's, it's, it's honestly awesome. There's like probably like 15 kids all between the ages of like three and like eight or nine. Like it's a super fun neighborhood. So like, I just sit out there, just pull out a lawn chair, get a cooler full of beer. And I just sit there and do, you know, just watch the kids, make sure that they're not doing anything stupid. New neighbor moved in. He came over, was introducing himself. The next day comes over to talk to me as I was sitting outside. Dude has the balls to bring over a Titans koozie. Oh, so, no. Yeah. And I was just like, you're a Titans fan? I was like, get off my lawn. Like, get off. And he was like, what? And I was like, I was just Literally. Like, no, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with this right now. Like, I was having a nice evening. And I gave him a beer before that and I wasted beer. Anyways, he's a great guy. I really, really like him, but I hate that of him. And then anyways, I'm like, okay, well, let's just go gamble a lot. I mean, you like football. He's from Tennessee. So he's a big Vols guy. He always wears the ugly orange um, and stuff. And he's like, I don't really gamble. I'm like, just wait till this year. You'll gamble. I will get you gambling with me. So anyways, funny story about just like, I'm like, you want to get into trouble financially with your wife? Come hang out with me for a little bit. <laughs> uh, hey, well, why do you got to look? I mean, but you're going to have the time of your life. That's the thing. Exactly. Uh, man, exactly. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, just, um, also one other thing, just because we're doing the podcast, breaking news, Cam Robinson just signed a deal. Guaranteed money um, is only 11th overall out of all out of all left tackles which is pretty good i mean not even top 10 and then he's probably getting paid between seventh and eighth most out of tight end or i mean out of left tackles so not even a top six paid guy so i think that's a honestly a pretty big win for the jags three-year deal they can get out of it after two years um if something happens over the next two so, years i think it's nice. i know we were talking about this but do you feel like that might solidify walker at one i think it helps yeah um because like, I mean, it, still... it's very like the timing is very like this is purposeful timing by the jaguars yeah i mean they've been no doubt in my mind saying, yeah they've been saying that they've been trying to get a deal done the last like week and a half so i think it just finally just finally wrapped up but um yeah i think it does um and I mean, so Jags were at, you know, voluntary camp this week um, for a couple of days. And they asked some of the players like who they wanted. And there were multiple players that said, we need a defensive end. We need Hutchinson or Walker. 
Oh, so like players were were vocal about like we want we they're like we want the dogs of Walker or Hutchinson. They're both like fantastic. That's interesting. Meanwhile, the Dolphins are just doing fan cam and talking about who the funniest guy on the team is. Jaguars are out here asking the real questions. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jaguars media is just not fucking around anymore. They're just like, like if you guys are going to suck, we're going to just ask you the hard questions too. We're not going to let you guys suck and not have to ask or answer hard questions. So, <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love uh, it. So, yeah, it's going to be a ride. Uh, make sure you uh, – me and Therese have a little surprise, a draft night. Make sure you're paying attention to the Twitter. Uh, there'll yep. be some content I promise you'll enjoy. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, Trees, finishing up here, I just want to do a couple. I found the position betting odds. So, like, yeah. for example, uh, here's an easy one. Is Aiden Hutchinson is projected right now one and a half. Probably take the over on that. I'm taking the over on that. Uh, Garrett Wilson at ten and a half. Under. Where's a good one? Oh, here's an easy one. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at five and a half under i think where's another good one? Oh, here's a fun one and i know we like have done a lot of wide receiver talk but this is a really good line is Traylon burks at 23 and a half now careful i'll, I'll give you if you want to grab the draft order and look I at got, it i got it up right here all right so 20 23 is arizona 22 is green bay but now there's rumors that they might wait uh, yep. Dallas at 24, New England at 21. And you said, sorry, 22 and a half or 23 and a half? It is. Do, 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 do. God dang it. Where'd you go? Said, I'm pretty sure it is at 20, 23, 23 and a half. Yeah. Um, I think I so it's right. Over. So it's right at Arizona and Green Bay. Is like, I see this as the Arizona Green Bay line. Yeah, well, Green Bay's 22, so you would have thought it would be at 20. Oh, I guess it, I get what you're right. saying. Right, yeah, yeah, like those two teams yep. would have to yeah, take yeah. him. Otherwise, you know, he's going to drop. Um, yeah, I think Tennessee would love to have him. I think Agreed. Arizona, but, but like that would be an over. So it's between Arizona and Green Bay if one of those two teams take him. And Green Bay needs wide receiver. Like, And the rumors have been prior to this week that they really like Traylon Burks. So that's interesting. And Arizona, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is on a mission to turn the NFL into a seven and seven on seven game. Yes, so yes. damn, I could, I think I'm going to take the under at 23 and a half. I think, I think I talked myself into it. We're different on that one. And I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, I like the have, under there. Do you have Dean on that list of where you're looking? I'm very uh, curious on Dean. Let me it, see if he's on here. Nicobe, 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 Nicobe. He is not. He is not, but I do have Tyler Linderbaum at 27 and a half, which is intriguing. 27 and a half. Oh, see, so that's where the Tampa Bay thing is happening. Yep. That's where that's the Tampa Bay. And this is what I hate about, this is what I hate about the draft is all season long. We talk about guys like Traylon Burks and Tyler Linderbaum. And we're just going to throw them together because the same things happen to both of them is that we're like, Oh my God, Tyler Linderbaum is the best center in the class. And we knew that by September. And that hadn't changed. He was the best center in the class, best center in the class, best center in the class. April rolls around. Well, his arms aren't long enough. Okay. Uh, Traylon Burks dominate, dominates at Arkansas all year. Absolutely dominates. And then he runs a 40, and all of a sudden now he's a bad player. Yeah. And then in and then a year from now, 
bookmark this one. We're going to talk about how Tyler Linderbaum was a plug-and-play center. Like, wow, how could any team not take him? Traylon Burks, stud rookie year. And we're going to talk about how these guys fall in the draft. And we're going to do it again next year with somebody. It just drives me crazy. It's like good players are good. (laughs) <laughs> like shit print breaking a t-shirt news. good players are good break yeah breaking news good players are good so i just it, people it the overthinking is incredible it so, really is it really is. i can't um it's gonna be it's just gonna be amazing like that's what it is and this draft pass is crazy like this one is far more crazy than other ones it feels like right right and with this being a week what's perceived as a weak class you know, we could always be surprised but generally speaking it's a weak class even makes it more crazy that, you know, like these players that are, you know, seen as safe because they're good are dropping. So yeah. What, like, yeah. So, like, who's, what? Huh? so like there has to be 32 picks in the first round people. There has to be. <laughs> like, yeah. No way around it. Yeah. Crazy. So, all right, cool. Well, we wanted to jump on, talk to you guys a little bit about some more, you know, some more odds some more picks and stuff like that before the, before the draft day happens. Um, felt like we would be doing a disservice if we didn't get at least one episode in like i said we'll be back next week austin hopefully will be back with us so then there's all three of us we can just dive into like all the draft picks and we can kind of just go one by one teams and you know do our thing that everybody else does and that's start i'm not gonna say grade them but just give us our favorite our favorite picks from you know from each team so right yeah i think there's gonna be some duh there's gonna be surprises there's gonna be things that were like, oh, yeah, of course that was always going to happen. You know, that makes perfect sense. Uh, so, and then, of course, we'll see what all pu- what future all pro falls to the Baltimore Ravens because that just happens. And, uh, yeah, we'll be here to break it all down. Yeah. Uh, honestly, ever since you said it, I've loved the Kyle Hamilton falling to 14 to them. Dude, like, it's going to freaking it. <laughs> frick happen. Like we, Either him or Jordan Davis. It's just going to happen. It's just going to. It's so awesome. So, all right, everybody. Enjoy la- Enjoy your last day before the draft. Again, make sure to watch draft day if you, you know, if you're bored tonight. It's, you know, it's always a fun time. And then, yeah, hope your guys get who you want. And tonight we've been talking football.